0: It's time for the one show that takes a look at business from a different perspective. The Coaching Perspective with Master Certified Business Coach, Doug DeFeller. Hey, Doug. Hey, Paul. Glad to be with you here in studio today. And do we have an exciting show for you today. We have a returning guest, Mike Gelman. Mike's back from a... Well, it's been two and a half years since he was on the show. It's, does it seem that long to you, Mike?
1: Not at all. <laughs> it seems like yesterday. Wow. Time flies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and it's kind of interesting. We're going to have a, a lot of fun uh, with Mike uh, finding out what he's been doing in those two and a half years. He was uh, mentioning to me, uh, we were talking before the show, that uh, this was his first radio show interview that he'd ever done and uh, now he's uh he's more famous than i am that's unbelievable <laughs> he's streaming all the time anyhow we're going to talk about moving from an internal coach to having your own practice and that might give you a little tip about what he's been doing well look i'm a master certified coach by the international coach federation and i've been coaching leaders in their teams for 21 years helping them to clarify their objectives and reach their goals and if you'd like to know more about my coaching services just go to my website, thecoachingperspective.com. dot com. Well, look, uh, Mike, I've got your bio here. It is long. It is impressive. It's got a beautiful picture. You know, my, you haven't aged a bit since this was taken ten years ago. <laughs> no, not really. Look, why don't we just uh, why don't we just kick off? What have you been doing for two and a half years?
1: Well, I've been doing quite a bit. Uh, I left. Um I was with SoCal Gas up until nine months ago, and I left to pursue my entrepreneurial dreams. And uh, you know, I published. I think last time when I was on, we were talking about my book.
0: You had just I published. I
1: recently published my book, and so since that time, I've done. You know, I've done some keynotes based on that. And you know, people have asked me to come and speak on different career topics. Um, but when I left nine months ago, I had a lot of ideas and not enough time to try them out, <laughs> which is why I left. <laughs> I wanted to pursue that.
0: Well, look, before we get too far, you're, let's not ignore your book. Tell the audience a little bit about the book, the title, and where they're going to be able to buy it.
1: Sure. Uh, my book is Pipe Dreams, Seven Pipelines of Career Success. It's available on Amazon. And it's it's really helps people in two dimensions one is if you are lost in direction trying to find clarity about where you would like to take your career i have a a pipe dreams model that helps you understand yourself uh, better. And then I also have the other part of the book is how do you better manage your career to be more effective? So you might already be successful, but how can you even be more successful in managing yourself and managing your career? So I cover topics including navigating change and taking risks and overcoming obstacles and
0: things of that nature. So tell me, did writing this book, is that what moved you right out of corporate America into your own business? I think it was was the
1: genesis. I've always had a part of me that wanted to work for a consulting firm or potentially do my own consulting. So that's always been a a part of me. And, you know, up until, you know, about a year ago, I always thought I would just do something on the side part-time you know, have some extra income, or I did a lot of pro bono coaching and stuff, and that was enough to feed my creative, you know, needs or whatnot in that area. But, um, certainly, as the... once the book came out, um, I knew I had a lot more to say, and uh, we were talking beforehand about live-streaming. So, so a little over a year ago, I started doing some live-streaming on Periscope, and Uh, Facebook Live when that started up, and I discovered I had a lot more to talk about than I thought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why why don't you share the comment about, uh, you were mentioning just before we started with the producer here, uh, about how you had 15 minutes worth of material and you hoped you had enough.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, first of all, I was shaking in my boots. Uh, My brother did a lot of live streaming, and You know, after watching him a bit, you know, I thought, well, maybe I can give it a try. And so I I owe my credit to my brother for helping give me the nudge. But I felt, yeah, I wouldn't have, like, what am I going to talk about for 15 whole minutes (laughs) on a career topic? And I, as it turns out, I didn't even have a broadcast that was less than one hour. (laughs) Because I, I mean, I just, I was doing it six six nights a week
0: oh, after wow. a long oh.
1: day. So I'd come home from work and eight or nine at night, I'm doing these broadcasts. I have people coming in, dialing in from the East Coast, from Saudi Arabia, from Germany, from all over. I'm like, what are you guys doing up? It's like three in the morning. <laughs> and so I, I just discovered that you know this is an interesting medium to get the message out. And it's not like I was looking for work or anything. I had a full-time job. So uh, I was just doing it purely um, because I'm passionate about it. I like to help people achieve their potential and avoid a lot of the mistakes that you know, either I made or many of my clients make. So, so, yeah, and I'm still going. I'm not doing it six nights a week anymore.
0: Thank goodness.
1: But I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> I burned myself out after the first <laughs> four months. Uh, but I've, since now, I do it about three, three nights a week. Yeah. Okay. It's manageable.
0: Well, look, um, before we get into today's topic uh, about your transition, uh, talk a little bit about uh, yourself, some of your credentials. I mean, I can read them, but why don't you tell us, I mean, what got you into coaching? And you're a a certified coach.
1: Yeah, um, I've been coaching for close to 20 years now. Um, When I was in graduate school, I started coaching at a one-stop career center working with all types of people. Housewives who needed to work for the first time because they were recently divorced or widowed, to um, factory workers that have been laid off, to PhDs. And so that started uh, my uh, appetite for, for coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's always been part of my job, although most of my career I spent just coaching leaders to be more effective leaders, as well as doing a lot of team development and conflict resolution but the last eight years or so I really realized that I wanted to focus more on coaching itself and in particular career coaching so I took stock. I took stock. What am I good at? You know what do people seem to appreciate about me so I I pursued getting the coaching certification so I have an ACC certification which is the International Coach Federation Uh, as you know it's like the premier certifying body, there's other ones yep. out there too. Yeah, and so that, that was the path. I went to school, went back to school, so to speak, yeah, and went through a couple of their programs and launched a career coaching center and managed the executive coaching as well uh, for the company the company's employees. and so that's what helped fuel my, my passion and build my confidence as well, just to take the leap, to try things out on my own.
0: You know you're you're not the first person I've talked to that uh had the benefit of being in a substantial sized company and convinced them that hey they should have more coaching involvement more coaching available to leaders to employees and was able to get their coaching training was able to get their coaching experience while at the same time helping the business so oh, yeah, it was it was a, definitely a two-way absolutely. street it wasn't uh hey, teach me and I'm going to leave kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, there was a definite need in the company from the employee engagement surveys, um, in terms of what employees needed, in terms of uh, career growth. There was, as well as a strategic priority in the organization, part of the strategic plan to invest more uh, in that for employees. So, uh, And plus a lot of the internal consulting I did, the theme kept coming up over and over again. So uh, so, it was a win-win because yeah. I was passionate about it and it was a high need in the organization. Yeah.
0: You know, you're, you're a, my impression of you, uh, and I don't know you that well, but we've talked a number of times, is you're you're a pretty analytical kind of guy. You're not that impulsive. Um, what made you decide to get your coaching certification? Why did you think it was important to become a certified coach through the ICF?
1: For me... I, two things one was mastery I wanted to develop more depth in my coaching and the other was credibility as well you know that for me it's it's just always been important I love to learn so to me it was just a natural outgrowth you know I'm always learning something and so for me to pursue that I researched you know different options available and you know I knew that that's a direction I wanted to move in so you know, if you want to become a librarian, you're going to pursue a path for that. If you want to become a doctor, <laughs> there's a path for that. And for coaching, it's an interesting profession, isn't it? Because yeah. the barrier to entry is very low. Anyone essentially can call themselves a coach.
0: Yeah, if you go around calling yourself a doctor, <laughs> somebody's going to come put you away pretty soon, right. you know. Or if you just go around saying, I'm now a policeman, they, there's certain laws right. against that. Coaching, people are able to get away with saying, yeah, I'm a coach.
1: Yeah, and, and you see that all over the place, and on social media, with all the marketing things, you know, that everything's put under coaching, and when I listen to some of these things, I'm like, well, that's not really coaching, but, so it's it's been, it's easy for people to do that. So I wanted to make sure I could truly, um, not only skill-wise, back it up, but also have that credibility.
0: Okay, good. And you're active in the ICF. You were mentioning you're in, involved in some activity with them right now on a national basis.
1: Yeah, i mean uh, the local chapter I'm a member of as well as the national. And just yesterday, uh, I'm part of uh, one of six evaluators for this coaching culture award called the PRISM Award. And the, the ICF basically solicits bids or applicants for this award from all over the world we had uh, some amazing companies large and small many different about eight or nine different industries and so we were evaluating their applications and uh, you know we had a whole process for evaluating and we had finalist interviews and uh, just yesterday we, we were meeting to discuss that and kind of determine okay, who has the best coaching culture according to the criteria that they have. So that will be announced in August.
0: And we won't find out on this show today. We will not find out <laughs> at all on this
1: show. I, I, I mums the word. <laughs>
0: I almost hesitated to ask you for fear you'd slip, but
1: no, no, we're good. Yeah. And so that was a great experience because again, that was a learning experience for me too. It's, I had done it in my previous organization, but I wanted to know more in depth what
0: others are doing. So,
1: um, so it was a great experience to be a part of it.
0: Okay, good. Anything else about your background that, uh, that you want to share with the audience? You, you, uh, you're you married, you have a son, you... I've got a 13-year-old
1: son that I'm very proud of. He's just finishing eighth grade, so he'll be a high schooler next year. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> You've lost control now. <laughs> big, big
1: transition, so... But I'm excited for him, you know. He's planning to go out for the cross-country and track team, which is nice, because I used to run track when I was that age. and. Um, uh, he's got a lot of opportunities ahead of him, so he's a real bright kid, and uh, he's a writer as well. Um, he won a recent essay contest,
0: uh, which was pretty cool. Well, look, let me, let me uh, sort of kick this off. I, I asked Mike, I said that before he came on the show, we actually ran into each other at an ICF meeting. We're talking about getting him back on the show again, and... Uh, I said, you know, what, what do you want to take, talk about? And he sent me this. I want, to, I want to just read it, and it'll kind of bring us into the conversation. Uh, he said, would you leave a secure, stable corporate job to set up your business and pursue untested entrepreneurial endeavors? Whether you're an internal coach or consultant thinking about setting up your own shop, or you're tired of running your own business and wish to trade it all in to work for an established company, you want to eavesdrop on this interview. He wants to talk about the honest look at transitioning to the other side. You know, is the grass really greener on the other side? Whatever side we're on, it's always greener on the other side. And how do you know you're best suited for an inside job versus an outside job? And is coaching essentially the same or is it different when you're an internal versus an external coach? So that's kind of what uh, sort of kicked off uh, our conversation and why I was anxious to get you back here and talk about it. Because we've had external coaches, we've had internal coaches. I don't think we've had anybody that's been both. And you certainly have that that Mm. distinction nailed down. Which did you like better?
1: Well, I have to tell you, uh, I have no regrets about taking the path that I'm on right now. There's there's pros and cons. The jury store out, I think, which I like better, <laughs> because there's a whole other dimension as an external coach, and that's the business. Yeah. You're, you're running a business, and we were talking about before about marketing, and you know what's your book done, you know what does a book do for you as, as a coach, you know so so that's an aspect that where I have a good learning curve, you know. I mean the coaching is like okay, I know how to coach but running a business. Um, So it's been exciting. So I'm enjoying the freedom of running my own show. I don't have to go to committee. I love that.
0: (laughs) I love it. I can't stress it. No one has ever missed a committee meeting.
1: (laughs) I cannot tell you how happy that makes me feel. I mean, I'm a collaborative animal at heart. I love to partner with people. I love to collaborate. At the same time, I cannot tell you how frustrating it can be, not just for me, but for anyone, right? Sure. When you've got ideas that you want to just, you know, put into play and it just gets lost in a labyrinth. Committed to death. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so so I enjoy that aspect of my practice is... You know, if I have an idea, I can implement it today, tomorrow, or start moving down that path. So I'm really enjoying that aspect of it, that freedom. And I was given quite a bit of freedom when I was internal. I mean, I was yeah. grateful for that, and I was there 11 years. And my most recent job it was a great company to work for. I loved it there, um, but it's just different.
0: Yeah. It's, well, let, let's separate two discussions here. One, there's the discussion I want to have about besides being a coach, you've got to run a business. You've got to be a business owner. But let's just look at the coaching side for a minute. The coaching that you do with clients now as an independent coach, is there any difference in your coaching or is there any difference in the relationship between what you're doing now and what you were doing when you were an internal coach with a corporation?
1: There's not a whole lot of difference in the coaching itself. But what is different are some of the processes, some of the formalities. So, for example, as an internal coach, I kind of ran it as if it were external, quite honestly. I don't know how many internal coaches do that. But I actually had them sign a coaching agreement. So most most companies that I'm familiar with, internal coaches, don't do that. Right. They, don't, they don't have them sign a coaching agreement and lay, lay out all the specifics. But... That was a conscious choice I made when I, uh, as well as some peers, we set up a coaching center, was to run it, you know, in that fashion. But, but certainly as an external coach, you know, one of the key things is really getting clarity around what are you contracting around? You know, what, what exactly is it? Because they're, they're investing money. They're investing money in it. And I want to make sure that they get their money's worth out of it. Whereas as an internal coach, that's not really part of the equation. You know, They don't have to pay for the coaching. I still want them to achieve their goals and all of that. So the coaching itself in the session, one-on-one or as a group, looks looks the
0: same. So the level of commitment by the client may be different.
1: The level of commitment by the client is different. And I would say my level of... Um, maybe commitment's not the right, right word, but my level of, of focus and attention is that much more as an external.
0: Really? Why
1: is that? I am so much more focused, I've discovered I'm making sure my client gets value out of not just the coaching experience, but the whole process from the time they, we first talk to whatever it is that I promise. And sometimes it's not just coaching, it's training mm-hmm. on some topics so or consulting, and I've done some of that as an external, but it's really being focused on that that customer service in a, to a whole new level, I would say, than internal. Not that we didn't do that before. Yeah, no,
0: I hear what you're saying. It's, it's and different. and You know, I think I've seen some of that in my own pre- I've always been an external coach, not an internal coach. But... I've noticed a difference when the person in the company hiring me is the key executive that's, in a sense, authorizing the payment. That person's level of commitment versus an employee that is sent to me for coaching. There's there's a little bit of a difference in the commitment level. In You know, it's sort of like you were talking about meetings. Uh, if I'm an employee and the boss says, uh, I'm gonna sign you up for coaching once a week with Doug, it's like, cool, I got, a, got an hour to go sit and talk to Doug and that's not strenuous and nobody's gonna grade me on it. And uh, mm-hmm. that sounds kind of cool, it's a break. Whereas the CEO or the, the executive that's authorized the payment and when he's being coached, it's like he's gotta justify that time commitment. It's, it, there's a little, did you notice that kind of distinction? Yeah, there's there's a nuance to it. Yeah, there's a nuance to it. Not all good or bad, but there's a difference. Yeah. What about the types of issues? Are you finding the issues uh, are different that your clients bring you as an external coach versus the internal?
1: I'd say they're pretty they're pretty similar. I mean, they're the same. People are people. So it's just a matter of where I want to focus, like my my, my, my niche or that type of thing. So things might be different in, in that way. Okay. But so
0: did you have a niche as an internal coach?
1: I, you know, no. I, I, I did not. <laughs> the company I, I, was the niche. <laughs> I, I kind of just serviced I serviced everyone from uh, people that worked in the, the field to... Uh, Admin assistants to supervisors to managers on all the way on up to VPs, you know, and, and whatnot. So, um, although I looked to different, you know, c- as an internal coaching executives, uh, most of the time we'd bring in external um, coaches for uh, a long-term coaching yeah. engagement, you know. Whereas an internal coach, uh, with me coaching executives, it was more of a more ad hoc coaching of them and it might be meeting with them once a month but it was it was a little bit less formal and not, not as targeted
0: but now as an external coach you're able to develop a niche and your niche is career so, so yeah career coaching is
1: the main thing career and executive coaching mm-hmm. um i mean my company has career coaching in the name high five career coaching so that's certainly a niche but the audience i find that I work really well with technical professionals, so your engineers, your architects, your IT people, your accounting and finance individuals, because I, I think you mentioned earlier that I'm not necessarily the impulsive type, or don't seem to be, (laughs) which I'm not. I'm wired very much in a similar fashion as they are, Mm -hmm. as an IT person, or you know the engineer i have that wiring if you look at my discus my personality uh... style or things of that nature it kind of matches up but my whole life has been focused more on relationships and people and potential because that's that's what i'm passionate about and so what i found is that's a value add i can provide to clients particularly those in technical professions because that's their Achilles heel. <laughs> They're technically strong, but they fumble on the influencing others part of things, or, or networking or building strong relationships with their internal clients or external clients, and, or team members, you know, so, so that's, that's a niche.
0: So do you, uh, do you enjoy the fact that you now have a niche that you can focus in on what, what kind of really turns you on?
1: You know, I I enjoy it. I I still have a part of me that finds myself I don't want to let go of all the other people I can help, (laughs) so I'm still in that. In all transparency, I'm still in that. I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, And I I just I had a contract with um, a school system recently. And I discovered I loved working with them. The principals and vice principals and other um, administration, school administration staff. I loved working with them. I'm like, you know, that could be a great niche, too. Yeah. So, again, I'm fine with it. I'm discovering kind of a labyrinth. I'm discovering along the way uh, what what works. So there's a part of me that's very thought out and planful, if that's a word. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's the other part of me that's opportunistic. Okay. you know, Take advantage of what's in front of me and okay. check it out.
0: How about uh, length of engagement? Uh, length of engagement and frequency of coaching meetings. Difference between internal and external?
1: I, I would say there's a big difference. Uh, internal, it's much more ad hoc, unless it were groups. I did group coaching and we would meet basically every other week. And that would be ongoing for months or a year or however long. They, we had people that were in the groups for two years. Okay. So, but for individual coaching, it was more just-in-time type all of right. coaching. As an external coach, it's contracting. Out. I don't take people for just one-off coaching sessions. Sometimes I'll do a pro bono. Sure, we all do that. I, I, do a lot of, I do a lot of those, but generally three months is the minimum amount of time. I typically will contract with someone. Six months is pretty common, you know, particularly if they're looking to change careers or change a behavior. As you know, that you need an amount of time for them to put things into play. They, they can't just understand it in their head. They need to really internalize it and be able to try things out.
0: I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Get, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not unique there. <laughs> um... All right. So the coaching, not too different, very similar in terms of how to coach and what you coach between internal and external. Talk about the the elephant in the room for coaches leaving corporations and starting on their own. Yeah. It, the elephant being all of a sudden, besides being a coach, I've got to be CEO of a company.
1: Yeah, the pocketbook question, right? The pocketbook <laughs> the question. The pocketbook. Yeah, so that's, that's a huge difference, as well as the flow of clients is, is a huge difference, right? So yeah. there's much more uncertainty as an external coach. There's much more um, feast and famine, you know, and so as an internal coach, there's always things to be done. And I was never solely just coaching, you know, I was managing programs. I was doing a lot of internal consulting, you know, helping build High-performing teams, or facilitating workshops, or there's always a lot of other things.
0: Yeah, meetings you could go to. A lot of meetings <laughs> to go to.
1: Uh, I was facilitating a lot of those meetings, so um, hopefully, effectively. As an external, though, it's um, it's been more purely focused on what you want your business focused on. But yeah, being the CEO, so I'm doing the the marketing, the operations, the budgeting. Uh, Hiring I've been I'm actually hiring two part-time people right now. I'm just doing some interviews Wow Um, In April, I just kind of had an explosion. So that's a good thing a good explosion. It is a business Um, And at the same time, I know it won't necessarily last So I need to, to sustain my growth. I need to be able to delegate things out just like I coach executives you need to focus on your inner gifts and the value that you bring uh, and delegate other things that you don't need to be doing that aren't as value added um, so that's that's what I've done with my own business I've identified what is it that I'm doing that's someone else could do that's really not maybe uh, so I, I decided I need to focus on revenue generating activities I need to focus on the actual c- coaching services and training delivery yeah. of that and Focusing on new programs, products, services that I can provide, you know, that dream time, you know, to conceive of that and to work on developing that. So that's the best use of my time, what I've decided, but right now I'm, I'll spend three hours working on my website, I'll, sp- <laughs> I'll, sp- I'll spend an hour and a half setting up a client to do assessments you know for like the workshops I recently did for this one client just getting them set up to take an assessment I could easily have an executive assistant do that part of it you know and that'll free me up to spend my time meeting with people or working on other parts of the business
0: so there was a choice you had whether you made it deliberately or you're making it progressively uh... when you set up your business as to what was the business model that you were going to create was it going to be just you, I'll do everything myself from emptying the trash can to doing the coaching or is the, am I going to hire other people to help me coach or am I going to be the only coach and I'm going to hire other people to do the non-coaching things so how did you, what was the model that your you decided to pursue and how's that working?
1: Well, I was, uh, I mean, really, Doug, I was under no illusion, false illusion that I would do it all myself. You know, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. I know a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs and colleagues who are external coaches. So I've known them over the years and, you know, I've absorbed their Mm -hmm. lessons. And so I knew when I was making the move that basically I wasn't very strong at promoting and marketing. So I was like, I'm going to need
0: some help there. You oh, know. I've never heard that from a coach before. <laughs>
1: surprise, surprise! Yeah. Right? So, so it's like so I so I, I invested in a program that helped uh, authors and other folks do some marketing around some of their their businesses, and and and. And they have coaches that are experts at different marketing aspects of it. So I've utilized some of their services. I went into it knowing I wanted to build a business that had partnerships. Because I knew from the times where I worked at home, I was able to telework at times, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe one or two days a week. That sometimes it would get, you know, kind of lonely or distracting or whatever. I said, you know, I'm going to need to, I want to partner with others. So I love to collaborate and so I wanted to build a business where I could partner with other coaches. So anyone out there listening, if you'd like to do that, there could be an opportunity. Ooh, 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 me, <laughs> me, me. <laughs> but, you know, where it makes sense. You yeah. Know, because it to me, it's more fun to co-create. And it's less scary, quite honestly. Sure. To do that, do it all on your own. It's kind of daunting at times. So that was something I knew ahead of time. I also knew that what if I don't make any money for the first six months or 12 months, what if I don't get any clients, you know? And what's my plan? So I had I had money that I'd been saving for the purchase of a home, and I said, well, it'll probably take me a few more years. Because oh, the-
0: over we big at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, you know, what if I just repurpose that and use that as my seed money for my business? So that's exactly what I did. And I just basically took it from one bucket of investment, and I said, I'm going to invest it in my business, mm-hmm. and I'll draw from that as I need to. And so that's what I've done. And I knew I could get by for mm, probably close to a year, uh, if, worse, if in the worst-case scenario. Okay. Well, unfortunately, the worst-case scenario hasn't happened. What? I've gotten clients.
0: We're knocking on wood <laughs> I've here. I've gotten some checks. Yeah, good. <laughs>
1: so, so that's good. And so it's kind of like, my attitude's like going to Vegas. I take what I can afford to lose when I go to (laughs) Vegas, and I, like, how long can I make that last? Yeah. And so my attitude with this business is, okay, how long can I make those savings last? And by getting new clients and all that, and and not worry too much about the money. Because when you're worrying about the money as an external coach, it shows up, I believe, with clients. You show up as needy. You know, or you're willing to take any client that might not be a good client. And I never wanted to be that type of... I never wanted to be in that position where I was
0: desperate to take anyone. Lack of money has a way of testing your values. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Whatever you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I see it in my clients who are wanting to change careers and they're afraid because they have great benefits of where they are or they've had the steady paycheck and they're afraid of the, the what if and that's what holds people back and that's what has many people take the first thing that comes along yeah and it's not necessarily the best fit and then they're miserable you know they were flattered they took the first thing that came along so afraid another opportunity might not come up And then they're miserable. So it's it's a challenging place to be when you're in that frame of mind. Did you create a business plan?
0: Did you write down a business plan?
1: I yes and no so yes I, I did i did have i did have a business plan but it wasn't a 30 page document
0: oh that's okay all right uh, yeah as as an entrepreneur starting out you don't need a 30 page document. Yeah, I,
1: I pretty much had like about a uh, i'll have to dig that up about a five page plan or so i kind of knew okay what type of services do i want to provide who, who? What audience am I going for? I'm mm-hmm. going for Fortune 1,000 type companies. I'm also going for individuals, you know. I'm going for, you know, technical professionals, athletes. That's another passion of mine. Uh, Olympic athletes, professional athletes who need to make a transition, scholastic athletes, um, make a transition, uh, and non-traditional students going back. So I knew some of these things. You know, I wrote them down, and I had goals that I set. I had some financial targets that I set. You know, all all of those things. How I was going to market, things of that nature. But, you know, as business plans go, you deviate wildly from, <laughs> from what you originally. Well, you know, I mean, they,
0: they they say in the military that the the best battle plan does not survive the first five minutes of the engagement. Yeah. You know, you you need a plan you got to know where to start, but you need to recognize that it will be modified immediately based upon circumstances. Yeah, based on what you come up against. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about that. Um, what's been the most surprising thing to you about having your own business? What didn't you anticipate?
1: Oh, man. That's a good question. You know, what's what surprised me is in all honesty what people are willing to pay um, which is more than I thought you know because I think the challenge for many coaches from what I hear or consultants are you know what am I worth
0: what am I worth <laughs> wrong question what, what is it that you're what is the value of what you're providing yeah not what you're worth <laughs>
1: exactly right <laughs> yeah. Exactly. so, so kind of going through that process and the shift and learning to say you know what's what's their problem what's their challenge and what's the value that i can offer to them Absolutely. to solve that what's it worth to them to have that problem go away yeah and so once i was able to train myself to number 1 think more like that but also have the conversations in that fashion then yeah then you can charge whatever you charge you don't have to worry so much about it because they'll determine The worth to them, the value to them, because they've been struggling. They're coming to you for a reason. They're frustrated. And so what they've tried before hasn't worked, so they'd be willing to to pay.
0: This is an interesting discussion because most coaches want to create a menu much like the restaurant Mm -hmm. that says, here's what I'm offering and here's the price. Mm -hmm. And anybody coming in the restaurant, no matter how hungry you are... (laughs) that's the price and that's the menu what i hear you saying is uh depending on what i'm providing to you will depend on what you're going to pay is that right or not
1: well i mean yeah i mean yes and no so i mean i have a hybrid right so i do have coaching packages sure to make it more tangible for people particularly if they're new to coaching like what exactly am i going to get like what's the benefit to me what's so i so i do have coaching packages and i do have a number in my mind for each of those packages but it's not something i advertise because in all honesty i've customized every single client i customize what's offered because their needs are different Mm -hmm. nobody's cookie cutter so sometimes they're getting maybe an extra coaching session a month or sometimes they're getting e-coaching or sometimes they're getting some other type of service uh, you know preparation for an interview or reviewing their resume or some team related things you know um, so, so so I don't really have a cookie cutter price okay because you know, it's really I customize it based on their specific needs so I start off with kind of a ballpark I have in my mind but I don't have an hourly rate you no know, I, don't, I don't have an hourly rate if people ask what do you charge per hour I don't really have one sometimes I'll add one into a contract if they get coaching for six months and they want to go above and beyond that you know said, so, well here's what it would cost okay. you know, so there I have an hourly rate but otherwise I don't do coaching by the I'm not interested in that so no. that was part of me understanding I'm not interested in the one-off conversation I'd rather coach you for free if it's just a one coaching thing and just let that be my gift to you I'm more interested in helping people transform their lives and so for that what's the value of that you know sometimes it's hard to put a price on it
0: but I love it along the lines of things that surprise you I mean because you've talked about the two areas that I think new coaches new not you're not a new coach but people starting their coaching practice the two things they have the most difficulty with is one sales how do I, I i most people that our coaches aren't also natural sales people. Mm-hmm. Some are, but most aren't. And then the other is the issue of what do I charge? You know, yeah. I have I have no clue yeah. what I'm supposed to charge. I just started this business yesterday. What do I charge? And so those are the, the two. The rest of the conversation about how do I coach? Okay, you went down, you got certified, you got trained. We know how to coach. Uh, we know how to have a session. We have guidelines as to what kind of what a coaching contract might look like Um, what else did you run into that isn't covered in the standard manual for coaching in
1: all honesty it's how do you how do you keep your mood up how do you keep your attitude in the right place because of the ups and downs so it's been roller coaster in all honesty running my own business Peaks and valleys, a lot of them, ups and downs. Something you think you have nailed, you've got a contract, people verbally said I want, they want to bring you on, you've submitted proposals, they said, oh, this looks great. It's Until I have the check in hand, <laughs> it's never final. And I can't tell you how many detours there are. So it can take an emotional toll if you allow your expectations to get too high. And so what I found for me is how do I manage my emotions throughout the whole process so I don't so as detours happen that I don't you know totally become withdrawn or depressed or any of that because if i become withdrawn or depressed for more than a day then what am I not doing yeah I'm not getting myself out there meeting with prospective clients I'm not showing up authentically with existing clients and giving them the best Um, service that they deserve. So that that for me I think has been an interesting experience along the way and I've been learning about okay what tools do I have available many of which I've, I've used before but what are some new ones I can use to keep myself in my best place you know to be my best self on a regular basis despite what the outcomes may be with a particular client
0: you know my 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 mind went in a different direction when you started this you 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 were you're talking if if i'm hearing you right about the ups and downs of the business of getting new business keeping client that sort of thing i was uh, where i thought you were going was the emotional ups and downs created by the clients you're dealing with. The client this hour is terribly depressed. We got to, you know, oh, it, it's see. we're really you you can't help but be impacted by that dragging you down. Sure. How do you get back up for the next call? <laughs> I see. Kind of thing. Yeah. but that do you do you run into that?
1: Well, I don't really. I now I think that's very apropos for new coaches. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I started out coaching I would take on my client's problems. And you know because of you know the empathy and you identify with them, you would kind of shoulder some of that. And I learned that that's just a death spiral to take on. I mean, you want to be empathetic and all that, but there needs to be a certain level of detachment.
0: You're not there to solve the problem. You're
1: not there. It's not your problem to own either. Yeah. And so over the last 20 years, I've learned how to manage that and not get sucked into a client's, story or situation and so that's that's been really key and in terms of managing myself so you know therapists oftentimes will can run into that too right I mean you're dealing with some pretty deep issues and you could be drained so for me with my coaching clients it's really just it's their issue and I'm just here I'm here to ask them questions to help them discover their own answers because it's their problem. You know, it's almost like and if I ever slip into owning the problem dog, what I do is I visualize myself with my hands tied behind my
0: back. <laughs> right? I like it. I like, like I it. I don't
1: have their expertise. Yeah. There's nothing even if I do, right? I don't have their expertise. Like I would have no way of knowing what the solution is to their problem. So I bring myself back there if I ever catch myself sliding into that because to be a good coach, you don't have to Be an expert on their work at all. Maybe as a consultant you do, which is different. Yes, that's different But as a as a coach you don't need to sometimes it can be value-added to understand it's like
0: understanding the language,
1: but uh, So so yeah, so that in terms of regulating my my mood or emotions. It's uh, that's not an issue for me now But it was certainly when I was starting out You know certainly
0: you work out of a home
1: office. I do
0: okay, and and is all of your coaching over the phone, or is some of it face-to-face?
1: It's a mi- So both. I mean, both. it's a mixture. Okay. Most of my coaching is by phone. All right. I'd say 80% of it's by phone. Uh, I also do uh, Skype. So I have one client. Um, we would do Skype sessions sure. regularly. And I had a coaching session earlier today. It was on-site, on the client's site, you know, for the business. So that was face-to-face. But face-to-face is a minority nowadays and a lot of people I think are more comfortable these days accepting that and they don't have to travel they don't have this you know less yeah. hassle
0: nobody wants to get on the freeway
1: <laughs> you know and especially in where we live yeah if you have an afternoon coaching session nobody wants to have to fight traffic why not go home an hour earlier and we're just coach by phone. And for me, for my lifestyle, I was showing you with my vision is to be able to make money while I'm just relaxing on the beach. (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't
0: going to tell your clients that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, that's one thing I love about coaching is it's mobile. You know, I can do it anywhere and be effective. I have a coach, and we've never had a face-to-face coaching session. I've used him for a few years. And you know, on and off, there's been periods where you know I haven't uh, needed you know needed to use them, but it's all been my phone. Okay. It's all been my phone, and very deep conversations. I mean, and I think it's important for any coach to have a coach, by the way. Uh, So if any listeners are looking for a coach, I always recommend they say, "Well, how do I find a good coach?" So one of the questions you can ask is if they have a coach. Yeah. And if they don't. You know, something to consider. Uh, in my view, um, it's important to have a coach.
0: Well, look, we're getting close to wrap-up time here. Um, what else did you want to share that uh, we haven't gotten to?
1: When I announced I was leaving after 11 years, I, the most common question people came up to—they said, "Are you scared of going out on your own? Do you have clients, and, and do you have clients lined up?" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have clients lined up. I had some prospects. Yeah, I had some conversations, but nothing firm. And for me, what enabled me to go out on my own was I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm scared a little bit, of course, but the level of me being scared of the unknown is far below my my excitement and my passion for. Putting out into the world what I feel I, I have to offer, and I said it's way up here, you know above my head in terms of all the ideas I want to just experiment with and put out there. I love to just experiment and all that. and so yeah, you know, sure I was scared a little bit. Sure I didn't know am I going to succeed? Am I gonna fail? Who knows? Um, now I'm pretty optimistic and I think I'm I've been growing, my business is growing and, and doing well. You unfortunately know, it will continue and that's why I'm like okay what do I do to get to the next level but I think that's a key thing is leaving for the right reasons so if you're if you're an internal coach going to the outside why are you leaving and if you're leaving because you just want to escape I, I think eventually that might not lead to a good end You know, because what's going to sustain you during the difficult challenges that you have? You're trading off one set of challenges for another when you become an external, right? Yeah. And so, but it's your passion for it that's going to keep you going. It's your drive and motivation that's going to sustain you through all that. So for me, that's something that I would add. And vice versa, if you're an external coach, an outside coach, you want to move inside. Because when I was coaching, we had a lot of people that were external coaches or consultants that wanted to come in, and that was one of the questions we would ask them when we were hiring them is why, you've been doing this, you get paid a lot more, I'm sure, than we can pay you. Why do you want to come inside? And they would say, well, you know, they they got lonely. That was the most common one. Well, lonely and the lack of stability, the steady paycheck, they missed the steady paycheck and benefits. So those were the most common reasons why someone decided to go inside, you know, to become an internal coach. And so for me, I left off I left, I left, you know, a six-figure, you know, salary. I left amazing benefits, uh, incredible benefits, and all the client work and work I could handle. I mean, I left a lot. But for me, I had an unmet need, and that was to really, I felt I had another area to explore, another chapter in my life to explore. So I left on good terms. I gave two and a half months notice. You know, I, I worked wow. with the transition. So I left on good terms. And in fact, I, you know, just you know, recently contracted back with one of my former clients. But, you know, so it's leaving for the right reasons or going, just being clear on why it is that you're either going to the outside or vice versa going inside.
0: You know, I, I in in my simple way, I kind of sum up uh career change advice with the fact that if you are running from something, it will probably not work. You have to be running to something. Which well means said, which yeah. means that the desire to have my own business has to be greater than your complaints about the restrictions you've got where you're at. Yeah. Otherwise, it won't last long term.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I remember when I left, I left just before Labor Day. Uh, So this was last September. Doug, I could not tell you. I couldn't even sleep. I could not wait to get started. (laughs) I, I put myself on mandatory vacation for the weekend, for the long weekend. I could not wait to get started Tuesday morning. Like, I was beside myself. I could not wait to get started. And I think that type of energy yeah. is really needed. Like, you're running towards something versus away from that something.
0: That works. That works. Yeah. Well, look, how do people get a hold of you? I mean, we probably have the, everybody wants to hire you now after listening to this. So, how do they find you?
1: So, uh, they can go to MikeGilman.com, MikeGilman.com. And that's with two L's, G-E-L-L-M-A-N. So that's one way. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I check LinkedIn regularly. So uh, you can look me up on on LinkedIn and connect, say you heard me or whatever. Just connect with me, tell me why you're connecting. So those those are really the best ways. Or they can email me, mike at mikegelman.com. Mike at
0: mikegelman.com. Wonderful. Very creative um, email addresses and website address. I like it. <laughs> Not too original, no, but you know. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I regret I never did that. I created the coaching perspective way back when, and yeah. uh, it would be too difficult to change it now. And no one can spell Gefeller. so <laughs> you know. Mike, it has been a pleasure having you back on the show. Really, this has been a, a frank, open discussion about the, the challenges of, uh, of uh, creating your own business. I think it goes way beyond being creating a coaching business. We did sort of base it on that, but I think it would apply to anybody thinking of leaving a company environment and going out and being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank you you. for having me. Oh, thank you. And we'll look forward to having you come back again. Yeah. Great. Well, again, welcome back to the Coaching Perspective Radio Show community. Thanks, Doug. All right. Well, look, uh, if you're listening to our podcast, then thank you for visiting our website, thecoachingperspective.com. While you're there, be sure to check out their archives for other shows with some great guests. And speaking of guests, uh, we're always scheduling guests. So if you'd like to be on the show, you can uh, go to the website. There's a place to sign up for the newsletter or to say that you want to be a guest. Or if you want to just do it the old-fashioned way, you can email me, doug at thecoachingperspective.com. Well, look, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Our goal, as always, is to have discussions that provide you with new ideas and information that you can put to use immediately to identify and achieve your goals. I'll be back with you again next week. Have a great evening. You've been listening to the one show that takes a look at business from a different perspective, the coaching perspective, with Master Certified Business Coach Doug Defeller.